Hi. On the podcast, this is episode 119 of Currency. Uh, this is a number, this is another attempt at uh, episode 119. Um, what I did was I moved ahead in my career mode and now I'm just playing on the Players Championship course, uh, the TPC Sawgrass course, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to play this first round for this episode, and then I'm going to play the second round of the tournament. As long as I make the cut, I guess, I'll make this, do the second round of the tournament in my second episode, but, um, and my headset is on. Um, so let's just dive right into it. I'll try to do the entire first round in this episode. I, I might only have, I believe I'm just going to do three more episodes, one for the first round of the players, and I'm doing the players because it's really the only uh, tournament on this career mode that is like worthwhile in real life, because the Players' Championship is the fifth biggest tournament. In real golf, the four biggest ones are the four majors, and they don't give me access to play those on this video game because they don't have the licensing for it or something like that um but i had an episode that i put up earlier it was titled scary and then i got rid of it and then i edited it and then i put it back up again and then i got rid of it for good because i decided i couldn't live with myself for putting it up nobody asked me to take it down or anything i just didn't I didn't really like it because it was kind of bullshit. Um, it turned out kind of thematic, but if you're talking about something like scary, what I determined was that, I mean, it, it just, it's not, it's not good for uh, uh, like a podcast episode. It's not really positive. Like nobody's really going to like it is kind of what I determined, but also, I don't think I actually have any authority over the idea of scary because in real life I'm not very scary. And I, it's just that in retrospect, it seemed like a good idea as I was recording it. In case you, this is in case you heard it. Um, but then I realized in putting it up that I couldn't possibly have that be up because it was too critical of Christianity and too critical of myself. Like I was criticizing myself. And uh, I do, unfortunately, get into the territory of criticizing myself too much on this podcast, and that's partially why I have to end it and then switch up the format, do something else. I need to do something that's less self-critical in the future, but the gist of the episode was, like, Christians are critical because they ultimately make fun of Jesus for dying on the cross because they focus on the cross too much and i was like that idea is so good that i mean whatever you guys don't really care about the goings on of it i'll just talk about it's just better if i make a random episode where i wasn't planning what i was going to say beforehand but as i get towards the end of the podcast i'm like forcing things and in case you heard that last episode it was pretty embellished it turned out thematic and that's what happens when i make an episode that i don't in real life have very much authority over like um i can 
I can try to put it together that I'm scary or something just because people have told me that. Uh, but I think in real life it's not true because, like, it's it's embellished. I'm just going off of, um, like, I get in the territory of I might describe myself as scary because people have told me that in real life. But the, it's really just information I'm getting from people that don't know me very well that it's, like, on the surface it might look that way or up front when you don't know me that well. It might appear as scary. And then, interestingly enough, I'm, like, linked to institutions like i'm a government worker and that's scary to people because they're like oh government workers are secretive you don't know what's going on behind the scenes allegedly and it's like christians are a little bit like that but that idea that christians are mysterious or that like factories are mysterious is encapsulated in a movie called halloween three and Whatever is described in Halloween 3 is sort of what I was describing in the episode. Um, the idea that there's like... Um, improbable things. Like, Halloween 3 is an improbable, scary movie because it's an installment in the Halloween series that doesn't have Michael Myers... You wouldn't expect that that would actually exist. Um, I mean, I just got to be more positive rather than say negative things. But I also took it down because it's like I'm trying to act like I'm scary in real life. But then I'm like kind of embellishing all of these things. Like I was trying to paint stupidity as a positive. And it's weird because I'll do that sometimes. Where, But I guess it's kind of just for the sake of this podcast where I'm trying to have an outstanding take where it's like, I might say things like, uh, saying that you're a joke is actually a positive, but the world do just doesn't see it that way. Or like saying that you're scary. Like I was saying, people call me scary and now I'm saying it publicly or something like now I'm trying to sell that in real life. Like I'm scary and I'm proud of it, but it's like in real life, nobody is actually proud of being scary, but I'm like just presenting this unlikely opinion and a lot of my takes are like that where they are um unlikely and um like it's un it's improbable but to be honest with you but i'm saying like oh i'm scary but i'm gonna present it like this is a thing you can be in society whereas most people wouldn't think to do that and so i'll do that with a lot of ideas that society usually the consensus is it's like a negative and i'll be like well it's actually a positive or like in the future we'll realize that the territory of this word is a lot more expansive than people realize now because there are a lot of words that it's like as we evolve we're just we're stereotyping a word either like it's always positive or always negative whatever but to be honest the only other person I have ever heard in interviews or anything talk about negative ideas that way is Charles Manson, where he'll, like, he was saying those same things, similar things that I've heard of, where he's, like, presenting something like this horrible idea, but then he's, like, he has the complete confidence that it's actually a positive where all of society would see it as a negative. And uh, Charles Manson is obviously a 
horrible criminal like the most degenerate like this is not a this is a problem in society not a member of society kind of person uh the way the criminals are and he he engages in like low probability events is what i would describe it as but i in making that episode and then taking it down i realized that a lot of times i think i am um it's like a lot of times I'm just saying something that's a, a low probability. Like saying that I'm scary and like this is a thing you can be, which is like I only make that episode because people have judged me that way. And then I like want to make it real or like run with the perception or something. And ultimately that doesn't turn out well if it's not actually true about me because I might have a scary disposition in real life but they it's only because in it's only i only do that because in real life i'm not very intimidating so like i have to be intimidating up front like you have to give me that don't make fun of me for having a fake uh posing of intimidation like i have to defend myself i would never do anything to hurt my own reputation of course um but, you know, if you make an episode... And I realize, like, I don't even want anybody to listen to this episode. And so you think that you'd think I would have done that sooner, or it would have been, like... Sooner I would have come to the conclusion that I put up an episode that I didn't want anybody to hear. But I guess that one crossed the line for me, because it sounded too critical of Christianity. Because I was, like, getting angry at Christians or something like that for, uh... Like, oh, all they like is the torture of Jesus dying and they hate people's success and so they make fun of Jesus, the most successful guy that ever lived, because they only remember his worst moment. Because it is kind of funny that they, like, the one thing that Jesus did wrong is, like, that's what gets all the focus in the Christian church. But I think it's more like, I, but I totally understand why, like, torture might be uh, enjoyable. Like, it's great to watch people's failure. Um, like I would be a major hypocrite if I was going to stand by and be like, oh, people are so awful for having a version of love that's actually kind of hatred because it's not like Christians hate it when the crown of thorns was placed on Jesus's head. Like you couldn't describe it that way because they sort of just love it. You know, that's why they sing so many songs about it. They like love singing about Jesus's blood and like they kind of turn it into a song and dance. But that's, like, uh, rather than the take I had previously, which you may have heard, which I'm hoping nobody heard it, but I know that some people did. Uh, I am saying it's not that bad of a thing, whatever, to fixate on that, like, that's okay. Or whatever, not that, no, but not that anybody needs to hear it from me. But, um... Like... The crown of thorns, like, they like, um, the crown of thorns. I'm losing my thoughts. Where are they going? I need to focus on this round I'm playing so I can win this tournament. I want to be the player's champion, of course. But it's great to watch miserable failures like the Purdue Boilermakers. I had one or two brackets 
that had Purdue in the finals, but not winning. Thank God. Uh, it's like if I had Purdue winning in the in the in my bracket pools, that would have been as embarrassing as like be being part of the Purdue experience, whatever that means. It's a major train wreck, is what it is. The Purdue Boilermakers. We just gotta, um, we just gotta talk about that for a minute. But let me just let me just say like Christianity. My experience with the church actually is that. Christians in the church usually get the joke. They're usually like sarcastic about it and they can take a joke about the Christian church and whatever's happening in there. They think it's funny. And it's the same with what's happening inside the government. Uh, people who work for the government on the inside, like the my coworkers are all good people and they, they get the joke. They think that this is a silly place to work. They think the government is funny and we make jokes about it all the time. I feel like the Christian church also works that way. And so for me to make an episode where I'm like, um, totally like, ah, I hate it. It's just, um, maybe negative energy that people have given to me by judging me as scary. And then like, I'm trying to make it work or like, I'm exploring if that is true about myself. And as it turns out, it isn't. But since we're nearing the end of this podcast, I have the liberty of taking it down. So I will, um, it's just there's some episodes I make that are mistakes because that I'm I get misguided and um, think that I'm think that it's supposed to be something because I'm just exploring a lot of possibilities. But I'm very open minded and I engage with a lot of probabilities, including a lot of low probability outcomes that most people wouldn't engage with. They're kind of like they're kind of like spirits because they don't really exist, like probabilities are and uh, I'm more open-minded and maybe a little sensitive to whatever things that I would be thinking I would uh, allow them to be spoken maybe I don't know but like I talk to it's kind of like talking to spirits or whatever I think that the spiritual realm is real and like uh there's just, most people wouldn't engage with low probabilities, but I explore a lot of possibilities. And so then I end up exploring, like, what if I am a scary person in order to realize that I'm not? And it's the same with, like, what if it's positive to say this thing, like, really negative about yourself? It's just most people wouldn't have the time of day to explore these probabilities. I do. It's kind of like being able to communicate with evil spirits or lots of spirits uh because like negative spirits me making that episode that's sort of like i've been overcome by an evil spirit or of some kind that's telling me to say those things because scary is an evil idea and i'm trying to put together this collection of evil thoughts and and whatever and the only the only way that that happens is because I uh, am engaging with like the idea of scariness and like what if I make this real or whatever and the probability of you finding somebody like me who is trying to make their content around negative things and actually present it like oh this is this is a reality or, or whatever like people should be proud of being scary or something ridiculous sounding like that because oh because the majority of people in the world would come to the conclusion about scariness that it's scary rather than that that's something you're going to like share or 
about yourself to other people or sell yourself with, the va- a high percentage of people would come to the conclusion that they're not going to deal with scariness. But like, I, I'm, I engage with low probabilities. Um, it's just like a low probability you're going to come across somebody that is having that has come to this conclusion about scariness or about like being a joke or um or like i'm gonna present a joke like this is part of my content it's not a negative to say you're a joke or something it's just a low probability i can come to that conclusion but the uh it's a low probability because negative spirits like negative things are low probability events because um whatever is causing people to do negative things are usually like low probability like the people who murder other people or the people that steal you could say they're overcome by evil spirits or something but or something like that but it's like it's a lot lower probability you're going to come across somebody who's actually going to murder you versus like all the people in your life that aren't murdering somebody and um it's just that breaking the law is for people engaging in low probability events and like that's it's a lot more likely that people are going to be within the rules because that's more certain that's more familiar people that are outside of the rules are engaging in lower and lower probabilities to the point that but it's just like society wants to spit those people out if they see somebody who's doing too many weird things too many unexplainable things um or they murder somebody and we're like we have no idea where that intention comes from so you're gonna have to go to prison like all of the people in prison are the people who are doing low probability things where it's like most people in society aren't stealing and so you're special in this way and uh, the place for you is prison but like people in prison are always doing um they're doing like low they're doing improbable things but i'm saying to you how i am like that like once I thought of the word improbable, I realized like, wow, that really describes a lot of the things I'm doing in life is like a lot of these takes I have on this podcast, these like one off things where it's like an opinion about something that just most people wouldn't have, but it's still valid. Uh, they're all a lot of them are low probability, like because it is unlikely that you would find somebody like me who has this opinion, like the percentage is very low for um that kind of person that has that opinion and then it gets lower and lower the more improbable takes i have like this whole podcast the collection of uh opinions i'd have where it's like that's not the probable one like having an opinion about the ohio train derailment where i just take the other side of it where i'm like everybody who's making this a story is a bullshitter and it's a non-issue or whatever and part of the reason i say that is because they're like, first of all, show me evidence of five people that have a mutation from this thing. Or or are we just like, we all think this is the movie Aaron Brockovich, where, uh, but like, don't make it Aaron Brockovich because this isn't a city that's downriver from a power plant or whatever, from an asbestos plant. 
this is just a city that had a one-time event where a finite amount of chemicals got burned. I don't know why we're allowed to jump to conclusions, especially when it's like when the vaccine happened, there's hundreds of videos all over the world of people uh, having seizures and whatever and having these deformities after like right after taking the vaccine and that's happening as the vaccines are being administered and that doesn't become a story for like until two years later that like oh the vaccine is bad but this ohio thing like the toxicity of it becomes a story overnight and i don't really understand what is how that happens or like how does that pop so quickly when there isn't any evidence that anybody has a mutation, there's not even a video that's just like hearsay that, oh, this must be a horrible event. And it's mostly just a story from all of these TikTokers that live on the coasts, like that are that already hate the Midwest anyway, like a TikToker that's making a story about the Ohio train derailment that lives in Los Angeles doesn't have any sympathy for the Rust Belt. They're just making a story to raise hype or whatever. They would probably put it down and call it flyover territory in their spare time. Like some, It's not like this train derailment happens and all of these TikTokers that live in Los Angeles that are making these stories about it care about the Rust Belt. They're just, they're just trying to whatever. But for some reason, that's a story because it has the right collection of like buzzwords or, or whatever. Um, even though it is, it just seems like a lot of hysteria to me, but as far as train wrecks are concerned, I saw a tweet yesterday that was like, um, so I'm saying I, I really need to avoid being like Charles Manson. Like I need to avoid selling myself in all of these low probability things because making episode like scary, that's not going to get me ahead because people or would be too afraid of what they don't understand in, in that, as far as them engaging with that content, like, because people generally tend to turn and run when they are encountering things that are too low of a probability um, that they're gonna, that it's part of their life. They're like, oh, I don't understand that. But like I will look at a lot of possibilities and because of that I'm willing to go to the length of saying is scary a positive thing or is it is it a positive thing to um, like really think about the extent of what the movie Halloween 3 means and I would say that if you heard the episode it has a lot to do with whatever idea is communicated in the movie Halloween 3 and I do have the poster on my wall and I think it is a possibility to consider that Having the poster on your wall brings a certain energy that makes you, that might influence you to um, talk about the things on the poster or, or whatever. It's kind of like a, a spirit that's that's around that might influence you, like a poster. Like everything has a s sort of spirit about it. Um, but but like I will keep it in check. I'll I'll. I'm aware enough to take down an episode like that, but I put it up because I'm just exploring possibilities and trying to figure out what is true about my situation or whatever. And it, honestly, it has crossed my mind whether or not I'm the Antichrist. And that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, that's normal. Um, 
I didn't need to present it like it was normal or whatever. I was trying to present it like it was a joke because it is a joke, but it's not my fault that there's no mental illness that's been developed for when that happens. Like nobody's been, nobody's normalizing this. Um, so when that happens, it's called anti-disestablishmentarianism because we already have that word and nobody actually places any sort of meaning for the word. Nobody knows what that word means, means, but they know the word. And that sounds exactly like a mental illness for when sometimes it passes through your head, like maybe you're the antichrist or whatever. But like, because I am very open minded, I will actually engage in these very low probability events a little bit just to explore them. And I guess to the extent that I'm scary, that's what is scary about me. But it's like, it's like talking to an evil spirit or something like ideas that might pass through your head. But if you're more sensitive, you get more ideas, including more bad ones, good and bad ones. But it's really like bad spirits are just low probability spirits and good spirits are high probability events or like living your life in within the rules or doing what people expect is just what people say is good and what's positive what's negative is like rule rule breaking behavior stuff that is not good conduct and stuff that is not moral because immoral is just more divisive but it's more divisive if it's more disintegrated or um it like uh it's more disintegrated like lower probabilities are more disintegrated but popular ones are more like everybody's on board with this and so they're more they're more integrated so i just have anti-disestablishmentarianism is the problem that's the mental illness for when sometimes you think that you're really evil but i'm not saying like the antichrist necessarily i'm just saying like hitler or something because hitler it's just such a low probability that anybody would ever come to be hitler it's like but he's just a low probability events are surrounding him kind of guy because um he has one testicle and whatever but somebody like him does what he does just because he's like i mean there has to be a certain amount of real injustice and the truth of the matter is that germany got totally fucked after world war one and hitler is like the the world can't screw us over like this and like we have a say and we're germany so we're naturally militaristic people so uh, why the fuck wouldn't we go to war? Let's do it. Like, we will do this thing. I'm so crazy as to go there. It's kind of, it's low probability that anybody would actually wage national war, let alone world war. Or, like, actually do that because there's thinking about it. But then some people are like, fuck it. I will uh, do, I will do horrendous things because it's not like, um, because they got a raw deal in life, and so then they're like, evil will happen. Um, so it's like, I make an episode like that, and I'm now I'm infringing on, like, am I writing a mind comp for Christians over here or something? Like, am I, because whatever the Antichrist is, 
I'm just, I would like to have more awareness and dialogue for the Antichrist because it's really, people are afraid of it. Um, I'm, I would never want to be that because it sounds like he would introduce like mass killings of Christians and I don't want anybody to die. And my friends and family are nice enough to me during the course of my life that it would be ridiculous <laughs> that, uh, I would be like, ah, angry at Christians for real. Um, But uh, I just am saying that too because just let's joke about the Antichrist a little more. Let's bring it up a little bit more. Like what is the idea of this? Um, because the Antichrist would just be what Hitler did for Jews, but the Antichrist does it for Christians. Somebody who got some raw deal in life from the Christians. Maybe somebody who is molested by the Catholic Church. And then... Um, wages of war against Christians because it's like people blame the Jews for having all this money or whatever. I think there's a lot of things you could blame the Jews for that you could also blame Christians for. And I'm just saying like, we might be in the end times really, but I think a lot of Christian people don't actually believe the practical existence of the end times. They just kind of look at it like it's a fairy tale and they also generally think that they won't be around when the antichrist is here so i think they're not thinking of how the antichrist could practically come into existence um and i feel like he could come into existence the same way hitler came into existence if there's this hysteria that's raised about like christians have these too much power or whatever and uh, somebody incites, starts inciting violence against them. And it has to do with that we live in the age of Christ right now. And the Bible is basically describing, like, in the future there will come a time where people will not want to live in the age of Christ anymore. And I think that what we're going to see into the future are a lot more people that have anti-Christian sentiments and probably a lot of people that will have the delusion of, like, maybe claiming to be the Antichrist. And I think it's possible that there will be an Antichrist and that he is not that far away because only because we live in the age of Christ. And if we're, if you see like Hitler, this is the, the, your example for you, how this could definitely happen in real life. Hitler wrote a mind confident got everybody to get angry at Jews and started slaughtering them. Um, it's not like it's impossible that somebody would do the same thing for Christians, you know. And I'm just saying, like, the world is scary and they're... It's not like that wouldn't happen. And I think that it's inevitable that you'll get some people that are just starting to be anti-Christian just because there's such a little awareness for anti-Christian behavior that there's just going to be more people trying to exploit that territory and um i'm saying watch out for the antichrist cometh i'm the anti john the baptist like the age of the antichrist is upon us but i am dark like that maybe i gotta explore the possibility of maybe i'm the anti john the baptist i mean i just don't know what my place in life is and i'm like narcissistic or whatever but um 
if I kept making this podcast with like similar anti-Christian sentiments that I have had for like 30 years, then that just is becoming a bid to become the Antichrist. So that's why I have to take down the episode I did. That's why I have to stop because I guess there is a line somewhere. Um, I'm saying there's a limit somewhere, but like, um, evil spirits are low probability ones because they're more, they're more in, impure, but they're just like fewer people. They're more outcasts. Like fewer people would engage in these low, these improbable takes on things and they mostly just ignore them. But like, I'm open to, uh, exploring them but i mean i guess i just got to be more um positive in life made that putt but i have to explore that possibility like what if i am what if i am like a hitler figure is that what it is and I realize that I'm just not that guy, so... And so, and also, like, I'm kind of just have the makings of a person, like... Um, I'm saying that what I realize is a lot of my takes are improbable, and even when I'm doing stand-up comedy, it's that same thing, or just in life. It's like I'm usually going for the improbable thing to say that's how I'm usually presenting myself like in it's the anti-cell i'm giving you a possibility that is valid but that most people wouldn't get on board with and um that's the way that i do stand up as well is like the takes that i'm giving are usually improbable ones and it's like improbable that the audience would encounter somebody like me that has this collection of things to say like it's a very low likelihood that you'll run into somebody like me that that's like their comedic style that's the way that they choose to talk or whatever um or the opinions that i have it's like you're taking this opinion uh like it's it's a rare i do a rare act but it's like what i need to realize is that just because it's unique or, or improbable then like, I can't just hammer that home forever and then expect people to eventually like it at some point. Because I kind of have this delusional expectation that it would become probable at some point. But, like, with the last episode I made, I, w I realized, like, I don't even want people to hear this. And also, like, I am... I'm talking about horrendous things or, like, I... I talk about death too much sometimes on stage or just on here or whatever. Like a lot of it is dark and um, I sort of have the makings of somebody who wants to be dead before they're 35. And like, that's how I, that's how I feel sometimes. Like that's how I would treat like, well, it doesn't matter what way you look at me because we're all, I'm just going to die whatever soon anyway. And like I, but um, the, like, I like these improbable takes I'm saying that's what you're getting into if everything you do is Im improbable. Like, at some point, the surrounding world has to ask, like, why is every... There's something... It's too unexplainable, or, like, I'm I'm too consistently improbable. But what I'm saying is, if, the, if my example in life, like, these... Whatever horrible things I say, 
which not all of them are horrible. I'm just like, for some reason, really critical of myself. Um, I'm just saying for the things I say that are negative, that cause people to like say you're scary, which is kind of bullshit, I think. Like, I'm not really that scary. Um, I think though, I think we have a problem if I become probable for saying things like, uh, and I'm saying like my interpretation of the Christian church, if I conclude that the Christian church, they're all liars, they're all fakers because they're making fun of Christ, not worshiping him. That's just a low percentage perception of the Christian church. Most people wouldn't hold that perception. Um, so low, it's a low percentage that you'd find somebody that would come to that conclusion. Um, if I'm doing that, then I'm just like headed for some really negative outcome. That's what I'm saying. Like, or a die, like end up in a tragic accident because that's a, it's a low probability to die in a car accident, but it's like, I'm engaging with low probabilities so much. It's almost like I'm inviting death into my life if I keep doing that. So I realize I really have to try to leave a positive impact on the world rather than, um, say negative things because it's like it's ultimately just going to put you in the grave if if everything is improbable all the time um because it's a low probability like the collection of all of the takes it gets even lower and lower probability um i mean i'm just presenting myself as improbable but i guess i'm an improbable person it's improbable that anybody does this format twitch stream podcast or whatever it is that i'm doing is improbable you would come across this exact thing on the internet uh that i do and it's really just that's what my life is i feel like not to be like oh i'm so cool because i'm unique i'm saying it's like a problem but the christian church will make me angry at them by constantly reinforcing to me that it's i am not different in any way i'm i'm always probable or i'm always good and that's just going to have make me have a negative reaction because it's not that I'm good. It's actually that I'm horrible and uh, like disagreeable as well as good or whatever. And um, the Christian church is that they're always going to try to tell me I'm the same as everybody else or whatever. And that's going to make me want to say more improbable things or like go in a go in a bad direction. Um But you can't be all the way good. It's actually just you got to do a mix of both of them. You got to do a mix of probable and improbable things. You have to be a mix of good and evil in order to be relevant, in order to be current. Um, you look at the example of somebody like Big Cat and the way that he is presenting himself in 2023, and he is being too positive. This is a, an example of somebody who... You'd think positive, positivity all the time would be good, but it doesn't pay off if you're, if that's what you always are and somebody can define you that way. I guess then that's kind of getting into like Kevin Hart, The Rock, John Cena territory where their attitude is like always be positive, always just appear somewhere positively. Like Kevin Hart is always smiling, always happy attitude and whatever. 
like he appeared in a commercial and commercials only exist to rain positivity onto the world about the specific product like a very positive world surrounding cheetos or whatever like cheetos that like commercials have to be positive because they're selling you a perfection environment about like cheetos is they are our overlords if it's a cheetos commercial but they're like everybody in the commercial will be very positive about cheetos or whatever like you become an advert advertisement if you're all positive and that's like the danger of positivity because you have to be negative and positive in order to be relevant because relevant is just re-levant and levant is just like rising the same as leaven and bread or whatever like levant is a verb meaning to rise but re-rising relevance it infers you have to be going down in order to go back up again like rising again you have to go down in order to rise again you have to engage with the negative in order to continue the cycle a cycle will always have both positive and negative the year-long cycle has both summer and winter whatever a day has day and night cycles always have both positive and negative what you want to do is continue the cycle make the cycle keep going and um in order to do that you have to engage in both the negative and the positive probably as equally as possible uh but like big cat is always just tweeting positive things or whatever like very obviously positive because he must have gotten it into his head that more positivity means more ratings and um and because it generally does or like he's seen the rewards of more positivity always gets you better ratings but um at some point you just become a commercial but i think it's more like big cat is just trying to do whatever dave portnoy is doing everybody at barstool is just trying to do follow dave portnoy's example because he's the most transcendent figure he's the most relevant figure but um you might get it in your head that what dave portnoy does is that he's positive all the time that's his success that's what makes him successful that's what will make me successful um i mean it's easy to do this with any figure that you look at that's um there there's there it's easier to do that it's easy to do that with any figure that you look at that's like a leader and then you say to yourself what they're doing they're doing this so like if i do that then i will be the same as them when in reality dave pornoy is just being himself and then it causes um like being yourself will cause you to naturally have to engage with positives and negatives uh if if you're just trying to follow somebody else's example it might cause you to be unnatural or artificial in the way that you act because you'll you're doing too much of one thing or like being too positive the way you see someone to be positive or being too negative or whatever but um it was great to watch purdue lose and uh, i'm glad i didn't pick them to win at least but i did pick them to go to the championship so i was a little bit conned by matt painter and the boys but it was awesome to watch them get destroyed and that's like the biggest that's the biggest train wreck that sports really has ever seen i think because 
probably the most pathetic loss in all of college basketball before this, I would say, was when Purdue lost to St. Peter's last year. Um, I had forgotten about that. I know that you'd immediately jump to the, like, Virginia lost to University of Maryland, Baltimore County as the first 16 seed beating a one. Uh, that was before this the most tragic basketball event, but the Purdue losing to St. Peter's last year was probably the most pathetic outcome, I would say, before Purdue losing to Fairleigh Dickinson. Purdue has the two most pathetic outcomes in college basketball. They happen in back-to-back years because last year Purdue is a three seed, Fair uh, St. Peter's was a 15, and Purdue just has to beat a 15 seed for a f- basically a free ride to the Elite Eight and they can't do it, that's about as pathetic as it gets. And for some reason, I was so stupid that I forgot about this the this St. Peter's loss that happened just a year ago. And the same thing repeated the, repeated itself. They, play, they weren't playing a good team. Fairleigh Dickinson sucks, but Fairleigh Dickinson put their dick in them and uh, made them pregnant, I guess. Uh, basically, and so then they got screwed. But Matt Painter just was dressed like somebody's grandma, and just what that reflect, how badly that reflects on Matt Painter, and he just looked, he just looked angry the entire time, like somebody who's totally lost control. Purdue was completely unmotivated. It was like, it was, it was the worst example of sportsmanship, basically, that I've ever seen. It's like so pathetic to lose to Fairleigh Dickinson. And it's like, you can't come back from that. And if you're a Purdue fan, you're just embarrassed you that you even root for them. Like, I would just be hiding myself from the rest of the world if I had ever worn Purdue swag before. That I would then have to continue in the world as a Purdue fan. That would just be difficult at this point because... When Virginia lost as a 16 seed, it was just kind of like people felt like it was a fluke. People weren't like, oh, Virginia is really sucks. Like, they must be overrated. They must be terrible in March, whatever. But And then Virginia won the championship the next year. Purdue isn't about to win the championship next year. Their basketball program is just in shambles now until the end of eternity. Um, <clears throat> or it's really like, you really have to wait another 30 years until everybody forgets about this. Like hope this could sink their program for 20 years because it'll take at least 20 years for people to get over, uh, this pathetic series of events. It's really, uh, it's really amazing. It's so great that March madness presents these possibilities for us to witness something so horrific like this. Um, But really, I somebody like me, hopefully it doesn't become popular. Hopefully it doesn't become prob- probable. My improbable takes, my collection of whatever things I say, uh, because those things are horrific. And then if they became popular, then we'd be living in a terrible world. Like that's a bad. That would be a bad thing for the world if I became famous. Probably. Now that I think about it. And I can like I can put that in those terms now that I did whatever, I put that episode up and I realize how s- stupid it was, how delusional some of it was, um, and it's it's ignorant for me to complain about 
the the positives and the benefits I've received from from the life that I've lived. And um, it's ignorant. And it's in the same episode I was presenting stupidity like it's a positive or it's like, I'm actually stupid and not smart. And the whole thing is like, uh, to describe that I'm stupid for going into math, but it's like, I, I, there is stupidity for doing the whole math thing because math is pointless or whatever. Like, I don't, I'm not happy that I went and did that path in life, but I can't really complain at the end of it in reality that in reality, that's not rational because it's just too like scary that, um, I mean, it just, it's people don't get it. They look at it and they're like, Oh, I don't know what's going on. But if you're somebody who is doing too many unpredictable things in public or, or whatever, the rest of the world is just going to be like, ah, I don't know what's going on. We need to arrest you. And it's funny that, like, um, but it is, it's like engaging with evil spirits. Um, things that are lower probabilities and they're they're evil like that like prison is full of people that involve themselves in tragic situations or like there's a low probability and like low probability is usually is a lot of times where all of the horror is stemming from um My headset is down. Let me, I'm going to try to fix it here. It might just be telling me that I have a low battery. It might just be telling me that my battery is low, which is stupid because it said I had half the battery left when this started. So, I mean, how does the battery drain that quickly? But, um... So I got to end this podcast because it's just kind of like evil. It's it's too evil at some point, and I guess I'm not willing to be that evil. Like, I can't really be around my family and friends after uh, totally lambasting the church for whatever, because in reality, the... Like, I totally get why look why it's fun. It's just more fun to... The cross is a lot more fun about Jesus than, like, the stone rolling away, and that's why... Christians focus on it more like a passion play is all about him dying on the cross because him being alive just isn't as much fun really but I totally get how um the tour like the failure is more interesting that you that people would want to do that uh part of it I think my headset is still on but it's just saying that it's about to die. Either way, I still have the audio I want from the podcast episode. Um, yes, the Purdue, the Purdue Boilermakers. Sometimes I'm just being, I'm just being literal. Like 
um, literal literalness. Like I sometimes I try to make that episode thematic and thematic doesn't really have a place in the world anymore. It's fast becoming obsolete, like something that's thematic. Um, because you have to get to the root of what you're saying faster so that people know what you're talking about. Or like, um, the more that things are thematic is the more that people are like not willing to engage in it because it's too, uh, encrypting. Like if something's thematic and artsy and you don't know what the artist is saying, uh, people are liking that less and less nowadays because you just have to get to the root of what you're saying even even shit that's well written like um even shit that's well written is crap nowadays like what the whole seth myers vibe or like bj novak or mindy kaling that they're good writers and like whatever that is, it's just fast becoming not having a place in the world today because people don't care about something that's well-written. You can't just go up and be like, expect people to respect you for having good material anymore. It's all about a performance more and more so. And like delivering all the time, being entertaining moment by moment. The more that you're encrypting or the more that you're using a bunch of words to uh skirt around what you're trying to say is the more that things become like thematic or embellished um and that's just less and less popular like um it's popular to be more forthright or be more out in the open when you're outside of the rules um and um it's also harder to put into terms like things that the rest of society doesn't accept already things that are more unlikely to be accepted by society they're also more undefinable and it's harder to present those in realistic terms for people and people are just often scared of those kinds of things that are more that are more indescribable or that they haven't encountered before and they run away from it uh more easily but they're they're gonna um like well written doesn't is more and more becoming not a thing that's popular or acceptable or, or like probable because um because it's it's just the it's just the performance like having a script having stuff that's written beforehand it's just it doesn't have a place in the world anymore because everybody when they make the, everybody who's making content they have they're fighting with everybody else to tell you up front what they're about uh they have to say it like really fast and really concise they have to define themselves faster like themes and artsiness is just is just going to be shunted into a world of improbability more so because when it's like undefinable to people and i'm talking about like writing the way that people write lyrics for songs today is, is exactly that. It's becoming popular. Popular music is becoming that you're writing words about things that are just like really obviously part of your life rather than that you're hiding behind like 
platitudes and cliches for your words, like whatever Mayday Parade is singing about, all of their lyrics, like the kind of lyrics from Alternative Rock, uh, the All-American Rejects from like whatever, 2000 to 2010, Alternative Rock, those kind of like emotional lyrics where nobody's saying anything. Just any lyrics like, I, you're the best I ever had. Or, um, we were meant to be together. Or just like something like Linkin Park's lyrics, especially. Just a lot of emotional, like, oh, de my depressive state, but you don't really know it. And like, um, I mean, not mental health lyrics, whatever, those are still popular, but. What I'm saying is people, the way that lyrical style exists today for people trying to write popular songs, it's just like people saying, I went and I ran into you and that upset me and it was upsetting. So then I went home and played video games or whatever. And people are just writing very direct like things that happen in their life in their songs because that's the only place that lyrics can go anymore. Like you can't embellish it because people are like, that's, that's bullshit. Um, I mean, people still do write songs in the traditional song format where it's like um, more scripted or more planned. But um, unless you're being more literal and more obvious with your words, uh, people are just like not accepting that as much. Uh, but just in, not just in songs, but in like, it's just you have to get closer and close, closer to what real life is, the more relevant that you want to be or whatever. Um, themes. Themes don't really have a place anymore because people don't have the time to try to figure out what it means. There, there's no... The artistic value of something, there's no artistic value anymore. It's just, it's just clicks, and the way you get clicks is you cut closer to the grain than the next person over and you can only do that by getting to the heart of what you're trying to say faster than other people um because the more thematic it is the more fluff that it is but it's like literal we there's just some revolution that happened like um like 10 years ago where people started saying the word literally, but to describe everything, including things that didn't actually happen, they started using literally sarcastically, but it's really like literally is a, um, it's a thing in real life where it's like you would, you should already not describe literally for like, Oh, a car literally almost just hit me. Even if it literally just almost just hit you. I don't even know you should use literally for that because literally should describe like words in books or something or just words, not an action that happens. But then people went further than that, obviously, or people went further than that and they still are today. Just saying literally to describe things that didn't even happen, like there i've literally i've literally been running around all day when all that you did was go to the grocery store and go to the gas station or whatever like 
embellishing your situation using the word literal, but the reason that people can use that that way so much is because literal is literally is the same thing as literarily. And so literal is this transcendent word that kind of gives you power over your own narratives. Um, where you're in, you're inserting yourself into the situation, your character. Um, wow. I've parred every single hole. That's a miracle. Um, there goes my headset, but I'm just going to leave it on. I'm on my head until this is over. How did I par every hole without thinking about it? It's very strange. I guess it's just because of how probable I am in real life. It is improbable to be that obvious. It's improbable to get that many pars. I really have to keep that going on theme. I mean, I just told you the pitfalls of being thematic, but let me, so let me try to undo that. Um, literal, literarily, like people are inserting, making themselves a character in their own story when they use literally, like they're using the opportunity of the word literally to say like, I, I'm a literary figure in, in the story I'm describing to you because as they say something sarcastic, like I literally, I literally just got shot out of a cannon when they are just saying that they woke up and walked out of their bed uh, or something dumb like that. They're, they're commanding to anybody that hears them that they are a character that that's like, they're saying that like literarily speaking or figuratively, that is what happened to me. So they're trying to embellish their own character or make themselves more interesting, which is totally, totally cool. But it's like literal is supposed to mean something that literally happens directly according to the definition of the word. But it's not like that at all because it's like literature is literature or it's the it's the creations of literate people. And so it's like you might you might first say that literate's uh like what's a piece of literature is like this episode i i think i make a podcast episode that's a piece of literature in this same vein as like well literally means according to words in books or according to the word but yet people use it to mean sarcastically then they use it to describe actions that they took in real life uh it's it's the same like the word literature i think you have to say describes even a video that somebody makes like this is a piece of literature a movie is a piece of literature just because of how expansive literature is or it means to be uh like literal literary things are happening no matter what but it's like the literal is just a word that bridges the gap between but words on pages and words in books and then what happens in real life like literal bridges the gap and also also applies to both of them but it's like it's a word that helps us all describe how so much of our lives are dictated by books that people are influenced by and shit like that. Like words on pages are becoming people's lives. And it's, I think it's very much the same with movies that uh, the way that characters act in movies, this gives a lot of people an example of like the way that families are supposed to act like in TV shows and movies or whatever. And I think that people do a lot of monkey see monkey do for uh storylines that they see in movies and they temporarily 
and partially play out storylines that they've seen in movies a lot uh like that influences us and um it's just like literal is a word that makes makes us uh this is too this is like a big enough point that i'm not going to really be able to uh make good on the profoundness of it before i finish the episode because i'll probably cut it short or whatever but um it's just so profound it's just so profound but the whole thing is like i have to take down an episode called scary because it's not scary like a podcast episode and i'm i'm saying like ooh scary uh look what i have to say uh i'm scary it's it's a 60 minute monologue there's nothing scary about that you idiot it's just like I'm surprised I haven't taken on more episodes in the past. It's not scary. A 60-minute monologue that people can listen to or not. Oh, how terrifying. Uh, no, not that. Yet another par. How how improbable. But, like, literal... Literary. It's like, it's like being lit. It's the way that light... It's the way that light makes darkness light but then the darkness uh turns light into darkness or whatever like any one room it's not light or dark even if it's a mix of light if it's a partially lit room where like then the darkness is kind of in the shadows of the room or whatever like the room is not light or dark it is the potential to be both but then when it's lit it turns darkness it turns darkness into light it's the same as the way that the lit the word literal dances between fiction and nonfiction, because it's like you can use it sarcastically and use it lit literally, because it just means figuratively. But like figurative or symbolic, it's just the way that everybody's living their lives. Because like it's all of these artists that are like through music or books or TV or whatever that are doing that are influencing us all to act in like literary ways but it's 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 already it's already that when um like movies and acting we see is it's like such an important genre to all of us it's because our lives are already us being a character but um it's mostly i'm just talking about the word literal i'm not talking about us being a character or whatever i've talked about that before but how literature is the works of literate people, but it's any, you might say like, oh, this, uh, a, a video you make is not literature because it doesn't have to do with words, but it's like not literature. It doesn't have to do with words. It's just the workings and the artworks of literate people. And so really there should be words involved, but it's like words are involved in everything, including actions and, and whatever, like the way we're describing our actual lives you can't get anywhere doing that without words and um literal it's like being lit the way that literal dances between fiction and non-fiction but like light i guess makes a non-fiction like which one is light is light true or is it false it's got to be like it's got to be like true like the truth illuminates things and um 
the truth illuminates things where they would be false, but it's like truth and falseness are kind of always overlaid with each other. The same as dark and light. Like a room isn't dark or light. It's dark sometimes, light other times. You have to encompass both of them in order to be relevant, the fiction and the nonfiction. But literal is a word that like uh, makes you transcendent if, you, if you're able to be um, literal and if you're able to be lit. Being lit, somebody who's lit is somebody who's like connected, somebody who's uh, transcendent. But it's very, <clears throat> it's illuminating the light. And um, in some senses, I'm just being literal because the improbable things I say are during the course of the podcast are like they might be improbable but they're still true they're still valid they just have a low probability it's just a it's just a possibility most people aren't considering and so they're not willing to like communicate with that idea and um So I like to shed light on improbable outcomes. Uh, make them make them light or try to make them non-fictional, try to make them real where most people wouldn't see them to be real. Uh, that doesn't make you popular, but if you say the right ones, then it might make you popular later on or whatever. Um, there's not really a point to what I'm saying. Sometimes I get to the end of the pot podcast I'm making and I try to force things or whatever um but thanks for listening I'll keep doing my thing and then uh be try to be normal and and whatever it is so goodbye